You are listening to EP Culture Beat, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. For this special Record Store Day episode, we interviewed three record store owners in the area. Atomic Wax Records here in El Paso, Texas, Ringtail Records in Alpine, Texas, and Iconic Records in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our first stop is Atomic Wax Records in downtown El Paso. How's it going, man? How are you? Not bad, thank you. How are you, man? Good. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know where you're located. Okay, I'm Raul Garcia, and I own Atomic Wax. It's a small growing record store on the corner of Texas and Campbell downtown. What lured you to the downtown area of El Paso? I think you're originally on Donovan, right? Uh, what lured me downtown? Um, the universe, man, and synchronicity, basically. I was in a hole in the wall on Donovan, and an acquaintance asked me if I'd like to come downtown, then I got a chance to see a space that was available, and next thing I know, I'm here. So I'm in the middle of its growth. It's a lot of fun. What made you want to open a record store? At the risk of sounding corny, I like to share the experience that it creates. So when somebody listens to somebody that makes them light up, and it's almost a mutual universal feeling with music. If it makes you light up, it more than likely is going to make somebody else light up. There's a few genres that, that there's an exception to. However, almost every genre, if it lights you up, it'll light somebody else up. So when you share that, that just feels good all the way around. Kind of like mm-hmm. gift giving, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the yeah. gift of music, you know. And uh, El Paso was kind of in the middle of its growth, and I wanted to be a part of that. All of that kind of put together, man. But more than more than anything, just sharing the experience of a cool song. Did that answer that question? <laughs> yeah, that got pretty existential there. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, I can. I mean, I, I as guess simple as it is, yeah, it's yeah. still a little more complicated. You know, complicated as well. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much the truth, man. At first, it wasn't even record related. It was um, more antiques related. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to sell my collection, but anytime I'd bring records in the little antique, vintage side of things that would always sell, and I just went with it, and here we are, man, it keeps growing, and now the industry's moved away from CDs, so uh, now it's more of a job than a hobby, but a fun job. What is Atomic Wax's mission statement? What is your goal as an establishment? I try not to get so crazy with the formality of it all because even mm-hmm. when I stay informal, it gets pretty um, chore related. I got to pay attention to things. I got to make sure there's records in here. As far as mission statements concerned, again, providing an immediate cool experience when you walk in here, mm-hmm. whether you buy anything or not. If I stick to that, hopefully people will come back or tell somebody else about it and I can continue to be here. What have you noticed sells the fastest in your store? Records-wise? I mean, genre? Genre. Mm. You know, I'll be honest. Uh, like, what's something that you put out and then it's going to be gone? I'll, I'll be honest with you. People in, in El Paso have a pretty wide range of musical tastes, man. Especially the newer generation. The older generation tends to kind of, to kind of stick to subcultures within the music, you know? Yeah. The younger generation like everything. Even the newer garage bands, they sound like all the different rock genres all in one. Oh, gosh. I have to pick a genre that sells right away. Probably garage rock, man, with 
hip-hop a close second and classic rock still does well of course mm-hmm. blues i got a lot of latin um, customers in here with like boogaloo and salsa music diverse man it really is i keep <laughs> my word this story is really colorful I'm, I'm from my vantage point i could see a tapestry 45s art cassettes wall of records you know very colorful yeah, in retro, I like to keep it kind of vintage in here. That's the key, too. You know, nothing new or modern besides music. How did you come under the spell of vinyl and collecting music? I love blues music, man. Uh, um, I like all the old Delta blues singers and guitar players, and I started to collect old 78 records. Oh, man, you have that stuff? Yeah, I love um, old 78 records, the ones you play on the phonograph. Yeah. So this is before vinyl really started to take off. And little by little, man, I just started to venture off into uh, other formats, uh, 33 and 45, you know, and, and it's nonstop and endless. What's the most cherished vinyl you have in your collection? The Trinica is on 45. The song's called Remember Me. It's a really cool Northern Soul song. Cool. Just a very happy song. Kind of kind of uh, like the Jackson 5 kind of feel when, when uh, Michael Jackson was really young. Yeah. Really just happy, bubbly stuff. That's Northern Soul. That's, that's Buoyant. Yeah. Buoyant, buoyant, bouncy. How do you spell that? Trinicas? The Trinicas is T-R-I... N-I-K-A-S Cool Whoever wants to Look that up Oh yeah You'll enjoy it Trust me Do you have any Vinyl collecting tips? You know That's a hard question Again That's a multifaceted Type of thing There are a lot of Collectors out there That are collecting Just to have the record In physical form Or the song A particular song Or sound Yeah Genre By and large though If you're going to start Collecting records Collect For condition try to stick to vintage right now it's always funner to, to buy a vintage record um, more and more as we speak the vintage versions are being dried up off the market um, so next best thing is the represses that they're making they're nice quality 180 vinyl but try to buy vintage if you have the option the good thing about the represses is that they're also pressing them in no more than 2,000 increments so so they're also still going to hold their value but not for a couple years down the road of course other than that, just keep them always in good shape, you know. It's pretty simple and enjoy it. Don't make too much of a chore out of it. Yeah. Any basics? As far as? As far as care. Care. Because a lot of people, I guess, um, a lot of people don't really go for, like, the plastic sleeves, I've noticed. Like, they kind of just have a... Yeah, you know, a plastic sleeve will go a long way, really, truly <laughs> will. 50 cents will go a long way. Because a little ding or a drop and immediately your your cover, you know, ends up getting messed up. I keep them in the shrink, too. That's a cool tip, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, get a little razor blade and just slice the end of it and keep the shrink on it. That keeps it protected. There's also a solution you can make with 75% alcohol and 25% distilled water. Mm. And that I highly recommend for older records that you might find in the thrift shops that are really dusty and stuff. And that's what I use to clean them off. The distilled water doesn't have any metals in it, so it won't be an abrasive. Um, But you can make that at home. Otherwise, it's pretty expensive to buy the same exact solution. Damn. So that's a good tip. That's a hot tip. How do you feel about, like, split scenes? Let's say you find a cool, really good record in the thrift store, but its cover is split. Is it still worth it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, if it's a good record and the covers beat by it anyway, really, mm -hmm. truly. Yeah. Because you just want the song at the end of the day, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. And you can find a, a cover for it maybe later and switch them out. And a lot of times, if it's just an unglued seam, you can take it home and glue it and make it like new again. Depending on how crafty you are, I guess. <laughs> how do you feel about streaming? Like uh, Apple Music and Amazon and Spotify? I think that's the mobile format. And I, have, mm -hmm. I think it's completely cool. You know, cool. back when I was young, the mobile format was cassettes and then it became CDs. But at the jump from cassette to CD, it was a little cumbersome. The thing had to spin. You had to hold it straight. You couldn't jump around. So the mobile format now is incredibly convenient, user-friendly. It never moves, you know. You got thousands of songs in a little tiny device. But for home, I think it should be a record. It's more interactive. It's just more involved. The artwork is... 12 inches big, um, there's fold-outs, the sleeves got art on it, and you have to get up and actually touch something. Yeah. And then if you're an audiophile, then you can go all out with your system. You know. That's a good answer, though. Streaming is the future, right? It's the mobile, but like at the home, it should be it should be a disc. You know, if you're entertaining guests, it's kind of cool. You know, you're going to yeah. get up and serve them drinks anyway. Why not change the record for them? There's something just little old-fashioned about it, I suppose, but at the same time, it's still the way to have fun with guests. I don't know. I will agree, though, that if you're going to have music on for three hours at a time, sure, you know, put on yeah. Pandora or something like that. How does El Paso inspire you? El Paso inspires me just because it's home, man, you know. The fact that, that we're, we're doing what other bigger cities are doing is very inspiring and that uh, I, li I like to see the, the look in people's eye when they feel like, wow, we got it too, mm -hmm. you know. That's pretty inspiring. Dude. Other than that, you know, feeding my kids, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And being able to do it here in El Paso is a treat because... Um, the job market isn't what it needs to be and hopefully you mm -hmm. know that the arts and culture and music and all that will bring bigger um, employers and more people and, and that's the ultimate goal really with, with especially with the growth downtown man. yeah so that's inspiring to be quite frank with you because I love what I do right now and otherwise I'd have to be doing something maybe that I wouldn't like as much so mm -hmm. hell yeah man what does it mean to have a record store in 2018 Again, I'm just going to go from a simple, how do you serve your customer nowadays, I guess. You know, it's always been the same format. You walk into a record store, even way back in the day, and you're going to expect to see some obscure stuff mm -hmm. or hear some stuff you've never heard before. And, and that's basically the aim, much like any kind of small boutique in any industry, whether it's food or beverages. You want to have something that a customer already likes on the basic level, but mm -hmm. uh, is, is going to be an experience that they've never had before on a more detailed level. How does Record Store Day help out your shop? Record Store Day helps the entire industry. For 10 years, well, I guess this is the 11th year now, they created the store to help spur record sales. 10 years ago, it was pretty, I guess, slow, if you will. It was, uh, yeah. you know, amongst the, the true record heads. Now more and more people come out and expect you know cool releases from all the major artists so from that standpoint it helps us out you know it gives us a day and now black friday they do it as well 
There was an argument in the first five years or so of, of it being a little bit gimmicky. And the, the diehards would have said, no, it's too gimmicky. It's a cut vinyl or a colored vinyl. And what's so cool about that? But again, some people think that's fun, first of all. But second of all, let me tell you that the past couple of years, they're really releasing good stuff. I mean it. Unreleased Pink Floyd, unreleased Cure, new artists like Mac DeMarco, every genre, jazz, hip-hop really cool picture discs i happen to like the small picture discs mm -hmm. that are shaped and colored those are fun you can hang them up on the wall and they're collectible um so it's multifaceted and we really love the fact that rsd does that for us and mainly for record heads you know every record yeah. store guy that owns a record store has to have been a record guy before that a record collector so it's mm -hmm. fun no matter what i almost would rather still be on the other side sometimes <laughs> Just to worry just about going collecting. Through bins, yeah, yeah, going, exactly. You've got to worry about keeping stuff in stock. You know, it's tough. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? I'm just grateful to be a part of everything, business and, and, and arts and music-wise that's going on in El Paso and the surrounding area, man. Stuff like this, you know, like you taking the time to come out here and interview and, and post and spread awareness is really cool, man. And... Um, Let's not ever feel like we're too cool to um, help somebody out in that regard. Mm -hmm. we, we can congratulate the next man and still feel like a man. And the more that we help each other out, the more that the, the scene thrives. Yeah. And, and let's not ever stop helping each other out. Cool, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Our next destination is Ringtail Records in Alpine, Texas, three hours away from El Paso and a little past Marfa, Texas. How's it going, man? How are you? Good. How about you? Pretty good. It was quite a drive, but I made it. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know where you're located. Okay, I'm Michael McCollum. I'm the owner of Ringtail Records in Alpine, Texas. What made you want to open up a record store? Uh, it's basically a lifelong dream. I spent a lot of time growing up in record stores and really kind of considered them sanctuaries back in the day. Did you grow up in Alpine? For about 10 years in Houston and then moved to New Jersey and Massachusetts for about another 10 years and then came back down here to Houston and just in the last 15 years moved out here. So then... Ringtail Records has been in Alpine for about 15 years then? Right, at uh, 13. Before we go any further, what's the, the story behind the name? Uh, it's a little longer story, but originally it was Whiny Cat Records with a K, but the family wouldn't allow that. So when we first came to Fort Davis, that's where I live, we came in about 3 or 4 in the morning and nothing was open, so we just parked in the courtyard parking lot and about... An hour later, kind of woke up and looked around, and there were about five or six ringtails running all around, yeah. and hadn't seen any since then. Wow, so it's just but, a sign. Right, right. What is Ringtail Records' is a mission statement? What's your, your goal here in this town? Like I said, as a, you know, a kid growing up, you know, it was a place where you could go to hear new music and just find out about things that were going on. And so just to do that again here. Cool, man. 
it's like also like a very um, kind of relaxing vibe too. Right. You know? Right. How did you come under the spell of vinyl and collecting <laughs> music? Okay, this goes back to I'm not sure of the year, but in New Jersey, at night, lying in bed, hearing the New York radio station WNEW mm-hmm. with the probably one of the first female disc jockeys, uh, Allison Steele. Yeah. Magical, where she would be going, I know you're out there, you're laying in the bed or whatever. And yeah. Just We've got some music for you, and it was just the gamut of music of... Auto Salvage, The Velvet Underground, uh, Taj Mahal, T-Rex. Was this AM or FM? FM. FM. The Velvet Underground song, Sweet Jane, really connected with me. And then rock and roll, the same thing of, uh, you know, that's going to save you. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I think it saved a lot of lives. And maybe destroyed some. But (laughs) I think it makes a lot of people happy, right? I think that's what rock and roll does. Oh, sure. Like, I'm looking at your store right now, and I, I see a lot of rock and roll paraphernalia on the walls, man. So I could tell that you're a big old rock and roll fan. What's the most cherished vinyl you have in your collection? I think just because of the obscurity of it is a live recording of Nico and the Velvet Underground when they were doing the tour with the exploding plastic and inevitable from Andy Warhol. It's like a 1980 uh, German issue, but it's cool. The, the nothing song and melody laughter. Just you know, one song on each side because the you know they're long songs that yeah. jams, and uh, you know really no information on the label, blank label, side one and side two, and the album itself is just you know it doesn't really it says Velvet Underground 1966 and that's all it says. Put it on, right? <laughs> just put it on. <laughs> How do you feel about streaming? Uh, all that is, you know, as much as CDs are compressed, all that's mm-hmm. so compressed that it's, you don't, uh, you can't get any, there's nothing beyond that surface that you hear. Just an instance was, you know, I'm not necessarily a, a vinyl, you know, advocate just because to me, having grown up in that time, you know, that's how you heard music. There were some on the radio, but, you know, when if you bought a record, you're going to play it on a record player. That's the only choice yeah. you had. Yeah. And uh, just the other day, I came across a Rolling Stones Now album, and I realized as I was playing it and how good it sounded that that was how I originally heard it. Yeah. Was on a vinyl record, so that really brought back a memory and made me kind of a more of a believer of vinyl. If you have the time to sit down and listen to it like that, that that's the way to go. How does Alpine inspire you? Like I said, I live in Fort Davis, but for Alpine out here, to me, it's the situation where you're, it's so peaceful and quiet that that kind of allows you to, when you're not listening to music, that you have a chance to kind of refresh your mind and you know it's similar to like if you listen to enough velvet underground then you switch to t-rex that's a big you know that that's a relief to hear something more pop than t-rex is much more gentle right what do you think it means to have a record store 
in 2018. You're on the last legs, I think, of these of record stores. I went into the business, you know, 13 years ago, knowing that, and the fact that it's taken this long, and the fact that CDs haven't quite, you know, died out yet. Uh, but definitely, without the vinyl resurgence, you know, I probably would have closed a while ago. Thank you for being on the show. Sure, thank you. Our last stop is Iconic Records in Las Cruces, New Mexico. A quick one-hour drive on I-10 West. How's it going, man? How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Go ahead and introduce yourself and let people know where you're located. My name is uh, Justin Tesquitz. I'm the owner of Iconic Records and Apparel, and we are at 224 North Campo Street, right here in uh, downtown Las Cruces. What made you want to open a record store? It was actually, uh, it was in 2008, and uh, that's kind of the time when, you know, the economy was just, you know, really, really crazy, and uh, I just I just met my, my wife. She kind of introduced me to vinyl, got me my very first record, which was uh, the Alkaline Trio Burn 7-inch. It was, you know, from the UK. It was really awesome, kind of blew me away, and yeah, we were, you know, she was a big record collector, and uh, she kind of started me on collecting, and... We're like, I bet we can, you know, get a bunch of records, get them pretty cheap, open up a store, and, mm-hmm. and see if we can do this. And uh, everything went from an idea to turning the open sign in nine months. And always here in Las Cruces? Nope, that was actually in New Jersey. We were in Franklin, New Jersey, which is all the way up north, pretty much like the very tip of New Jersey. Cool, and how'd you guys end up in Las Cruces? Well, we did that for, um, for a couple years, and uh, we actually had two... Uh, we moved locations when we were in New Jersey. We started on the main street of our town, and after a year, I think a year and a half, we found a, a spot right on the major highway, and we moved in there, and we were there for about two or three years, and everything was great. And then uh, my wife got offered a job out here, and you know we never even been to New Mexico or even heard of mm-hmm. Las Cruces. We just were really intrigued by it, and we were looking into it, and it was just a really beautiful place, and it looked, you know, really, you know, enchanted, and uh, we just went for it. So we packed up everything we had. It was about 80% record store stuff, mm-hmm. and we just made the trip out here, and yeah, we went for the uh, the leap of faith. You guys already had it pretty much ready to go, huh? Yeah. Like, uh, well, essentially, well, you still had to get a building. Well, I looked up, like, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I have hundreds of boxes of records. We're moving to a new city. Uh, I know nothing about this place, but it was it was a cool challenge. And uh, I found the uh, the Big Daddy's Flea Market. I was able to, to look that up. Again, I never been there and didn't know anything about it. But that was like my first stop when, when we came here. Mm-hmm. And um, I inquired about it. And that's little by little. We just kind of grew in there. Cool. You mentioned a flea market. What was that called? That was the Big Daddy Flea Market on uh, Highway 70. Where's that at? Um, it's 5580 Baton Memorial. That's going up towards the mountain pass. Mm-hmm. So if you're going towards Alamogordo, uh, on your right-hand side, there's just a you know big big flea market. Cool. You know, your antiques and your food trucks, and uh, and that's what's always kind of cool. Is just you never know what you're going to find. I started, you know, selling outside of the tables and uh you know did did pretty well they have an indoor part and there were like these chain link fences and that was 
kind of like my first you know spot where I can set stuff up and lock it up and go home. We actually had our our first record store day in New Mexico in that chain link fence area. Wow. And uh, and again, it was people were were really excited, and and that's one thing that I noticed right away that this town was really cool. They were really supportive of, of uh, you know local businesses, really supportive of, of people you know doing cool things. We got a lot of you know a lot of really good good feedback, mm-hmm. and then inside that flea market there was a spot that had a front door exit. It was a lot bigger, and once that opened up, I jumped on that right away. Mm-hmm. We were there for probably three three years inside mm-hmm. that spot wow man so you guys have been around for a while yeah you know it's it's crazy to think about because like i mentioned before 2008 is when we started this and now mm-hmm. this being 2018 it's <laughs> like oh my god it's been 10 years yeah but i feel like i'm just getting started right now how'd you guys end up at this location okay it's well a pretty cool spot yeah the uh the owner of this building is uh, leslie skaggs mm-hmm. and he plays in a uh, a band called the bo peep show cool and they're actually like our house band they play every uh on friday night live is an event that we hold and they play every every first friday and uh, he's a really awesome guy and he was just a customer at the flea market he'd come in and talk to me and you know he was always looking different different things out at the market mm-hmm. and he said listen i have this really awesome space i, I think you should I think you should check it out mm. and um and then we uh we looked at it and then there's another part of the story is what i did too is i i got my real estate license because i i had this vision i'm like listen i know you know I'm, I'm a good salesman i can kind of you know talk to people do all this stuff if i just get my real estate license sell a couple houses in my first year I can reinvest that all back into my business mm-hmm. and have exactly what I what I want. Yeah. And you know what? It was it was a journey and, and I, I did it and I went to the classes, the school, everything, and I sold five houses in my in my first year and that's you know That was a fuel. Yeah, it was. It was in a very exciting year for me. And I was able to get this from doing that. That's cool, man. What is iconic records and mission statement? When we think of iconic records, and again, I got to give this credit to my wife because she's absolutely brilliant. You know, we were thinking of names and coming up with names, and um, and iconic was just the one word that, like, you kind of hear it, and it just means like, you know, anything could be could be iconic. And you think of iconic, mm-hmm. um, you know, icons in, in music and film, and you think of you know Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley. Again, you have iconic, you know, sports stars, all that, you know. And then we were thinking of like the all-seeing eye changing it up with EYE iconic making it a different a different word that you'll see and it will catch the eye and it will just it will stick with you and that's how we came up with iconic records and as far as you know what we want to do is we're just trying to you know create a culture you know similar to what you're doing just the record store is a very magical place and it's it's something that you have to experience and it's you you can't really like describe it to somebody unless you're a part of it and Mm. and you come in and you you experience what the store has to offer you guys have cds vinyls and cassettes what have you noticed sells the fastest in your store Um, what format so you know we started out collecting records uh 2008 is kind of before records really you know made its comeback Mm -hmm. and we kind of had this this vision where we knew that records were going to be big again and and let's you know, let's dedicate our lives to, to selling music. You know, so we, we got, you know, thousands of records and 45s, and that's kind of what we primarily dealt with. We dabble in CDs as, as they come in, and we get different, you know, small collections here and there, but it was mostly vinyl and, uh, and 45s. Then once we got into the flea market, 
you know, I was able to find a lot more cassette tapes and CDs, and, and we were picking up little by little. Um, and then I started noticing that, like, wow, people are really digging the cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. They're they're picking at the cassettes, and, and they're really uh, they're really liking it. And that just kind of motivated us more to actively seek, you know, large collections of, of cassette tapes. And so that's you know, we've acquired a mass collection of, of cassettes in the past. But now what's it's interesting with CDs. Uh, a few weeks ago, actually, it was probably so. Say like a month and a half, two months ago, we got a, a massive collection of five thousand CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a collection that was a, a private collector. You know, he collected for decades, and he passed away. And his family contacted us, and you know, it was kind of the thing where you know we were able to help them. They helped us, and we we you know made a deal, and we were able to get these. So then, all of a sudden, you know, we might have had a couple hundred CDs, not very many, but we had we had CDs, and then all of a sudden we get five thousand CDs. Yeah, um, <laughs> tons of collectible box sets, everything from you know classic rock to country and soundtracks, and uh, and people been been digging CDs, and it's it's really kind of changed my perspective because I'm like, okay, you know, you could easily have a thousand songs on your iTunes on your iPod. But to me, and I've always said this, their iTunes stands for Invisible Tunes, you know? Yeah. Like, it's great, and it's it serves a purpose, and everything has its purpose, but to have that collection of physical, tangible items that nothing is going to take away from you, um, it, it means more. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is back in the you know the 60s and 70s when people were collecting records, they would just kind of beat them up, they'd leave them out, they'd you know stack them up and you can see that when you get collections they were lived with you know they were and they were well loved and they mm-hmm. were they were used and they weren't really thought of as collectibles that was just the way that you enjoyed your music mm-hmm. um and the same thing kind of happened with cds you know we put them in our car you step on them the case cracks yeah <laughs> you get rid of the jewel cases you put them in a cd booklet but now all of a sudden cds are are vintage and they're not making them as much anymore all the newer cars don't have you know cd players it's all uh you know all the uh, auxiliary cables so people are collecting cds to have them in their collection how do you feel about streaming in general again i think everything serves its purpose yeah you know um while i'm at work and you know i'm I'm working on everything i'm always listening to podcasts i'm always listening to music and that's just the easiest way you know to get music at that time But there's a lot of times where you want to enjoy the actual album in its entirety, the way the artist intended it to be. Um, and there's nothing better than having the actual physical, you know, format. Yeah. What's the most cherished vinyl you have in your collection? I collect um, 60s garage rock and, and psychedelic 45s. Um, it's it's funny because I have, I mean, probably literally about 20,000 45s. It's it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll buy a collection of like 1,000 45s and find three or four of them, and I'll be so excited, and it, it means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And with that kind of music, it's, it's so interesting because when the Beatles came to America, it changed everything. It changed the entire world. At that point, every band and every kid in high school you know wanted to start a band wanted to you know be like the beatles yeah so there's a proliferation mm-hmm. of these kids with guitars and and a lot of that music is is undiscovered it's not mm-hmm. even um it's not even archived anywhere and that's kind of the it's it's capturing that that essence of that time period and that's what i think 45s mean to me mm-hmm. it's a snapshot of time like you might find a a teenage band from minnesota who I mean, I don't even know how many of these even exist on mm-hmm. these smaller labels. There might even be, you know, 500 copies, 200 copies. 
they went in there and they they cut a record and they were selling them for a dollar at their local show. Yeah. And they never went anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, those are the best things. But what's the most cherished thing in your collection? Ah, uh, man, it's it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard. It's kind of like picking your favorite child. Mm-hmm. You know, the recent one that you were excited about. We came across a forty-five from Albuquerque band called the Hooterville Trolley. And they were a teenage psych band, and they never really went huge, but they toured with like Buffalo Springfield, mm-hmm. and they toured with a couple different '60s bands, and they tried to, um, you know, try to make it, and they never, never quite made it. But anyway, what was really awesome about that song uh, was called "No Silver Bird." Dell, the Funky Homo Sapien, actually sampled that song um, on his album uh, Deltron Thirty Thirty. Positive Contact. That was the sample. Cool. And and that just kind of blew my mind. I had all the all the feels. It was just such an awesome, crazy, you know, psychedelic experience. And then you find out that you know a hip hop artist, you know, that I really enjoyed, sampled it from a bunch of teenagers from New Mexico. And yeah. it's just all about that. Like it makes sense that I found it here. But if I was in New Jersey, I would have never found it. How do you feel about Record Store Day? Uh, I think Record Store Day is awesome. We we started in 2008, and I, Record Store Day started in 2008 as well. Oh, and we yeah, were that's there. True. We were yeah. there right from the right from the beginning and went through the entire journey. And uh, and it's great because it's it's one way to support your local record store. Uh, I think there's only about a thousand. There might be a few more. Probably 1,200 now. Um, independent stores seem to be popping up. Um, but it's just a day to come and, and celebrate your local record store for all it's worth. Well, Record Store Day puts out really cool limited exclusive stuff, stuff that's never been released. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I talked about before, that, that Garage Rock stuff that's nearly impossible to find. They'll reissue it, but it'll be a thousand copies, so it's still very limited. Mm-hmm. You know, picture disc stuff, you know, brand new movies, they'll put out the new soundtracks. So it's 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 exciting and it's always it's always exciting and it's always a good day to uh, to come out and check out with uh, what's happening. Do you have any vinyl collecting tips? Pay attention to the labels. Mm-hmm. The labels are, are very um, are, are very important. I mean, especially in forty fives. The simpler the label, the the more intriguing it is to me. A lot of times there were bands that would be signed to really small independent labels. And they wouldn't have like the budget to have the fancy graphic and the really you know go all out. But then all of a sudden that song might be, you know, might have taken off and had a lot of traction. So then a, a label like Epic or RCA uh, or Atlantic would pick them up, mm-hmm. and it would be the same song, but that song on Atlantic would be produced, you know, 10 million copies, where the original private label would be very limited. Right. You know. Damn. So you could have two records that look exactly the same, but the label's different, and it, it makes a big difference. The label's different, the mix is different, mm-hmm. and there's a million copies of one. And you're right, the mix probably is different, because mm-hmm. when they got assigned to Atlantic, they wanted to have their own sound, they their own recording of it using their own engineers. Yeah. So It's weird how that happens. There's like versions upon versions, mm-hmm. and like alternates, and... It never ends. Mm-hmm. It and then, again, that's, that's never the end. music, and collecting yeah. music is a journey. <laughs> you never know where it's going to take you. How does Las Cruces inspire you? I think Las Cruces is awesome. Uh, coming from New Jersey, you know the bigger, uh, the bigger East Coast cities. It's everybody's in their own their own world. Everybody's hustle and bustle. They're just trying to get to the next next thing, and they don't really have time to take back and enjoy, you know, the beauty of what life has to offer. And being in Las Cruces, you know, seeing those mountains every day, mm-hmm. I won't ever get sick of them. 
And I think it's it's really important to just have that that sense of community and you know and just take it take it back and just enjoy you know the moment. And that's what I think people are do out here is they you know things are slower but that makes it you know have more time to enjoy the little things cool man is there anything else that you'd like to add we love doing live shows we love interacting with new bands you know if you are in a band and you want to come and hang out at a, at a cool spot and have your music heard you can always contact us you know send us an email we're at iconic records at gmail we're on instagram facebook all that if you remember you can contact iconic destiny that's uh that's our daughter she wants to um you know really be active with uh helping the family business and helping us uh get those local acts so iconic destiny d-e-s-t-i-n-e you can reach out to her or reach out to myself we're we're all over the internet so mm-hmm. there's no uh, no shortage of, of ways to reach out cool thanks for being on the show man yeah thank you That's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. And remember, every day is Record Store Day. Go out and support your local record stores.